Hey, what's up? Author Josh Shabalski here, excited to bring you chapters 14 through 16 of my debut novel, Second Story Work. We last saw Derek, Labor Day 2008, when he suffered a brutal robbery at the hands of three masked men. In October 2009, Derek fell in love with Mandy. Without further ado, here's chapter 14. Chapter 14, October 25th, 2008. The following weekend came around and Hecky wanted to get at it again. The boys decided to host a small party on Saturday night with some of their co-workers. Derek knew that his workmates weren't welcome since some of them could be considered privy to the robbery his roommates had pulled. On Saturday afternoon, Messi and Derek took a trip to Derek's work to stock up on alcohol. Messi was paying for their order when Derek's co-worker Maddie walked up to him to say hello. He was clearly still shook from the robbery. An immigrant from overseas, living in Canada now for 10 years, Maddie was a good kid who'd always done the right thing. Hey, buddy, said Maddie. Hey, Maddie, how's work? Not bad. What are you doing? Maddie asked Derek, curious about all the alcohol. Ah, just picking up some drinks for the boys and I. That's all you? asked Maddie. Nah, replied Derek. It's for my boys and I. We're having a little party. Why we never hang? Maddie asked. I don't know answered Derek as he shrugged his shoulders. We should sometime. Come by tonight. 6030 Woodsworth. Nice, Maddie replied. I think I will. Do it up. Derek high-fived Maddie and walked over to Messi to help him with their order. Is that the kid? asked Messi. Yep, Maddie. He's coming tonight. Messi nodded his head. Heck, he's going to be pissed. Yep, replied Derek, smirking. At home, the boys put the booze where it needed to go and crashed for an afternoon nap. As Derek was settling in and getting comfortable, Hecky came crashing into his room and quickly shut the door behind him. He reached into his jacket pocket and pulled out what appeared to be an ounce of cocaine. Is that? asked Derek. An ounce of blow? Yes, it is. What'd that cost? 1800 Hecky laughed. Jesus Christ, said Derek as he shook his head. Yeah. You owe me 600 What? asked Derek. For the blow, what? You don't want in on this? Derek looked in Hecky's hands. Why'd you buy so much? I, I figured we've been partying lots, so we could just buy in bulk, save some money. You do realize that Messi will bump his 600 in one night. Come on, said Hecky. Give him some credit. All right, we'll see, Derek replied. At 6.30 p.m., the doorbell rang, and the first party guests to arrive were a few of Hecky's co-workers. A short time later, some of Messi's workmates arrived. Messi had been talking about these people for so long that Derek felt as though he knew them. Messi was fitting in well at his new job, and he was particularly fond of his one workmate, Mark. Mark had chestnut hair and brown eyes with orange tones. Dressed in a band t-shirt and baggy jeans, he was average height and rake thin. Mark brought his best friend, Killian. He was well-built, tall, had copper-colored hair, and spoke in a heavy Irish accent. Mark made the introductions while Derek ducked out of the party to enjoy a cigarette out back. He was uncomfortable being the guy at the party that didn't know anyone. It was a first for him. He looked through his cigarette pack and realized he only had two left. He finished his cigarette and walked to Hilltop Grocer. Inside the store, he was greeted by name by the owner's son. They knew him well since he was there every day. He walked through the store and stocked up on candy. He walked to the front to pay for his items. 
As he approached the cache, he noticed a beautiful girl walk towards him, carrying only a bottle of water. He timed his steps so they would arrive at the cache at the same time. Go ahead, said Derek as he smiled. I have more stuff. She smiled back and put her water on the counter. Her eyes were golden brown with a yellow hue, and her hair was tawny blonde. It shimmered in the light. She was casually clothed in a plain red tank top and skin-tight jeans that showed off her hourglass figure. I guess chivalry isn't dead. If that were true, I would pay, said Derek. Must be planning a wild night. Are you planning to get super hydrated? Are you planning on getting diabetes? She asked as she pointed at Derek's armful of candy. She paid for her water in perfect change, picked it up off the counter, and smiled at Derek. She began strolling towards the door. See you around, said Derek, feeling like an idiot as soon as the words left his lips. She exited the store, and Derek put his candy on the counter. He bought two packs of cigarettes, paid, and walked out of the store. As he stepped outside, he was startled by a voice behind him. Hey, Willy Wonka. Derek turned around. She was standing outside having a cigarette. Hey, what's up? Not much, she replied. I'm Beth. I'm Derek. Very nice to meet you, Derek. Likewise, said Derek as he lit a cigarette. Do you live around here? Right down the street, Derek answered. What about you? Up the street, she snickered. Derek spoke confidently. Listen. My roomies are having a party tonight. You should come. Bring some friends. Are you trying to get laid, Derek? No. If I was trying to get laid, I'd just go on Craigslist. Beth looked puzzled. Derek quickly realized his misstep. Oh, that, that was a joke. How long have you been marinating that one? Derek shook his head. Not long enough, I guess. I guess not. Where do you live? We live down here at 6030. Okay. Beth nodded. I'll see what my girls are doing. Is there a candy buffet at this party? No, these are all for me, said Derek as he began to walk away. It was nice to meet you. He continued to step away. There's no way she's coming, he thought. He walked back to the house. By the time he arrived back at the party, it had filled up with people he had never met before. Messi opened the gate for him from the inside. He was there to greet Derek with a shot of tequila and a lime. Yo, do a tough guy shot, yelled Messi. You should see this kid do it. Messi held out his forearm, and Derek snorted salt up his nose, then took the shot and squirted the lime in his eye. Messi then booted him in the shin. The crowd cheered, and for some twisted reason, everyone loved Derek. He had a seat in one of the plastic lawn chairs and wiped his eye clean. He then lit a cigarette and let his loneliness begin to set in. He contemplated leaving the party, but before he had the chance to exit, a group of seven beautiful girls walked into the backyard led by Beth. Beth, shouted Derek. Derek, hey, you made it and you brought a shitload of friends. I hope that's okay, Beth smiled. The boys looked at Derek. Derek looked back to Beth. I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with it. You want a drink? A few hours later, Derek was talking to Hecky in the kitchen when Messi approached them. Where'd you find these girls? Craigslist, joked Derek. Messi snickered. Man, you saved this fucking party. Yeah, well, you know, Derek nodded. We all bring something to the table. Speaking of, do you guys want to table some racket? Asked Messi. Yes, please, said Hecky. Let's go, announced Messi. Hecky and Messi started to walk towards the staircase. You coming? Asked Messi, looking back at Derek. Derek looked over towards Beth. I don't know. Yeah, you do, 
Messi nodded his head. And yeah, you are. 45 minutes later, the three boys were still in Hecky's room when there was a knock at the door. Hecky walked over to the door and opened it a crack. It was Arlove. Is Sarge here? Hecky opened the door for Arlove and quickly closed it behind him. Jesus Christ, exclaimed Arlove. How much coke did you buy? Hecky, Messi, and Derek stood there quietly. Arlove continued ranting. You three idiots are going to run out of money in a matter of weeks. Can you please, please explain to me why you would rather lock yourselves in a room and do that shit than hang out with the guests that you invited? I mean, Jesus Christ, Sarge. There's a girl down there that I would give anything to be with. And she's down there wandering around this party looking for you. You three need to smarten the fuck up. God damn it. Arlov stormed out of the room. Derek looked over at Hecky and Messi, unsure of what to say. Guess I'll go back downstairs, said Derek. Ah, one for the road. Derek walked over to the desk, bumped one more line, and cleaned up. Arlov greeted Derek at the bottom of the stairs as he attempted to rejoin the party. What's wrong with you? He asked. Nothing, Derek answered. You've gone fucking mental. Arlov, you're overreacting. I'm fine, fuck. Just having a good time. Arlov stepped out of the way as Derek brushed past him and walked into the kitchen. He poured Knob Creek to wash the bitterness out of his throat and walked outside. In the backyard, the girls were keeping to themselves, talking in a group. Beth watched Derek grab his cigarettes from his pocket and pull one out. She walked over to him. Hey, Derek, I was looking for you. Your roommate said you were talking to your friend? I was, Derek answered. What's up? As Derek spoke, he could feel himself racing. Slow it down, Sarge. Breathe, baby. His heart bounced in his chest like a basketball. One of my friends thinks your buddy is cute, said Beth. Which buddy? Derek asked. Uh, the tall one. What's his name? Messy. We call him Messy because he's messy. Still rushing, Sarge, Derek thought. He cleared his throat and again tasted the bitterness of the blow. He sniffled and more drip went down his throat. Beth grinned and looked at Derek a little strange. Are you okay? Yup, I'm good. Just a little tipsy, Derek smiled. Nice. Well, we're going to head out in a few minutes. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, it was my pleasure. You guys really classed up the place. Stop, said Beth as she grinned. Derek saw her grin and knew he should be forward and ask her out. I should grab your number. Maybe we could grab a drink sometime? I'd like that, Derek. Give me your phone. I'll put my number in for you. Beth took Derek's cell phone and entered her number in his contacts. Call me this week she said. Beth waved goodbye to everybody and left. Messi's buddy Mark stood up after the girls were out of earshot and walked over to Derek. Dude, Messi told me you were good with women, but man. What? asked Derek. I fantasized the whole time about her inviting me over to her house to watch sports. Derek looked at Mark a little strange. It's a weird fantasy, bro. Yeah, well, you know, I usually creep women out. I tell a lot of stories about my mom that are laced with subtle racist undertones. At that moment, Derek realized that most of the party had cleared out and it was 11 o'clock. You didn't invite any work friends? Asked Mark. No, Derek shook his head. Because Messi told me your racist ass was going to be here. Mark smiled. I feel like I could provide a useful buffer between the whites and the others, since most of my racist beliefs are for lulls. Do you do any drugs, Mark? Asked Derek. Why? What do you have? Asked Mark. He continued as Derek laughed and shook his head. I know what you do upstairs, dude. I do it too. Oh, replied Derek. Then let's hit it. Hours later, they were still up in Hecky's room. What now, boys? Asked Mark. Any ideas? 
asked Messi. Well, replied Mark, I was kind of hoping that we could combine all of our juicy b-holes together to make some kind of super sphincter. You're fucked, said Derek. He's a weird dude, Messi cut in. 24-7, 360 days a year. A dude, it's 365 days in a year, said Derek, correcting Mark. Yeah, not if you take out the black holidays, Mark joked. Jesus Christ, exclaimed Derek and Messi at the same time. What? asked Mark. I'm a mix. I can't make black jokes. Messi, you said your dad was always talking about how brown people shouldn't celebrate Christmas. He's fucking brown, yelled Messi. Chapter 15, October 4th, 2009. The hotel door was open a crack. No sound was coming from inside. Did someone get to Messi? Were the police here? Derek wondered. He began looking frantically around the parking lot. He put one hand on his gun, and using his left hand, he opened the door to look inside. Messi was passed out in bed. He had one shoe on and looked dead. He might be, given the amount of coke that he'd done. Derek crept over to him, and with the back of his fingers, he checked Messi's pulse. He was still kicking. Derek stood up and noticed a phone in Messi's hand. It was their burner. Derek picked up the phone and opened it. There were two names inside, R and H, for Arlov and Hecky. Hecky had sent a text to Derek and Messi. He was alive and well in Squamish. There were no messages yet from Arlov. Derek typed a message, at the motel, all good, home in a few. He then took a few minutes and tried to tidy up their disgusting motel room for the third time. Each time he cleaned, Messi tried twice as hard to destroy it. November 3rd. 2008. The rainy season in Vancouver had begun. Normally, this would be a dull, depressing time of year, but things were going well for Derek. He had money, free time, and was meeting lots of girls. He was finally enjoying his time on the West Coast. On Monday evening, he had his first date with Beth. He wanted to throw some money around, so he rented a BMW and made a reservation at U Seafood and Bar. He left the house around 5 p.m. and parked his rental in front of Beth's. He waited for her for a few minutes until she opened the front door and walked outside. She approached the car dressed in a short, dark skirt and a cute black and white argyle sweater. Derek jumped up and ran around the car to the passenger side to open the door for her. This is a nice car. Is it yours? Derek smiled at her. No, I'm just trying to impress you. Right. Where are we going? Beth asked. Downtown. You. Really? Wow. Beth climbed into the car and Derek shut the door. An hour and a half later, they arrived at U just in time for their reservation to be called. U Seafood and Bar was a classy joint, similar to a modern New York City loft. It had large windows, booths, and an oversized bar. The hostess seated them at the most awkward spot for a couple on the first date, the middle of the room. Derek hated first dates. He hadn't been on many and they made him nervous. He began making small talk as they looked at the menu. I don't know what any of this stuff is, said Beth. The waitress walked over to the table to take a drink order. Derek browsed the menu and made his choice. Let's have Laughingstock Pinot and uh, the Seafood Tower for four. Beth looked at Derek and grinned. Are you hungry? Did you see what came on that thing? Oysters, crab salad, humpback shrimp, albacore tuna, scallops, lobsters, spot prawns. I'm sure you'll find something in there that you'll like. Do you always order for your dates? Beth asked. Not usually. 
It's a pretty gutsy move. Derek tried to change the subject. Where are you from, Beth? Here. Yourself? Not here, Derek said jokingly. Do you always bring your dates here? <laughs> uh, I'm happy to report that you're my first date since my ex and I broke up in December. You've been single for a year? Beth asked. Almost. What about you? Uh, I've been single for a while too. Almost two years. What happened? If you don't mind my asking. Um, he was big into raves and all that. And um, one night he went out with his friends and OD'd on MDMA. Jesus Christ, you can do that? That's a thing? That's awful. Yeah, it is. They don't really know what happened exactly. He just went to sleep and he never woke up. Derek sat there stunned. He didn't really know how to react. Did uh, he have a like a drug problem or any history with drugs? No. Beth shook her head. Just partying on and off. And then one night he partied until he couldn't anymore. That was it? Asked Derek. Beth paused for a moment and caught herself drifting. That was it. She took a drink. So I don't do drugs, nor do I like them. Do you do any? No, Derek answered emphatically. Well, I used to smoke weed, but I've sort of grown out of it. I do like to drink though. Well, that's okay. Sorry I asked. I know it caught you off guard. I just, I can't date anyone that would have that in their life, you know? I have no place for any of that stuff. The remainder of the dinner was a series of bad jokes, laughs, great food, great wine, and an expensive bill that Derek happily paid for. On his way out of the restaurant, he noticed that it had started to rain. He stopped walking and turned to Beth. You can wait here if you want. I'll go get the car and I can pull it up front. That's okay. I can walk, Beth replied. It's fine. I don't want you to get drenched or slipped or anything. I'll be like two minutes. Derek regretted his offer as soon as the rain hit him. He quickly crossed the street, paid $35 for parking, and walked to the rental car. He was soaked head to toe. He pulled the car up in front of the restaurant and jumped outside to open the door for Beth. She exited the restaurant and ran to the car. Derek shut the door behind her and stood up straight. He heard a male voice call out his name from behind. Derek Searson. Sergeant Roby caught Derek's eye as he turned around. Roby was standing beside a young, attractive female who was holding an umbrella in her hand. Sergeant, how are you? Derek said as Roby extended his hand and Derek shook it, all the while trying to play it off as though he was happy to see the detective. I'm good, son. How are you? I'm great. Hey, I never heard anything. Did you ever catch the dicks that robbed my store? Roby looked at his female companion and back at Derek. No, unfortunately the trail is cold on that one. No similar robberies either. Ah, it's too bad. Roby looked past Derek and noticed the car. That's a pretty fancy ride you got there. Derek smiled. Yeah, it's, it's a rental. First date, you know, trying to impress her. No, yeah, I get it. That's why you bring her here too, right? Nice choice. Thanks, said Derek, keeping a smile on his face. His eyes darted to Roby's female partner. Is it uh, bring your daughter to work day? Roby cracked a sly smile. This is Sergeant Anna Johnson. Anna rocked the sergeant look. She had shoulder-length jet black hair, forest green eyes, and wore a blue pinstripe blazer with jeans that accentuated her athletic build. She studied every move Derek made. Hey, Anna. I'm Derek. Hi, Derek. Roby interrupted. Well, since I never heard from you, I can assume you recovered from the robbery? Yeah. Derek nodded. I was okay. It took a few days, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm just a little more careful when I lock up at night. Perfect. Well, if you ever have anything to talk about, I'm always here. Thanks, Sergeant. Roby shook Derek's hand, as did Anna. 
Be well, guys, shouted Derek as he ran around to the driver's side of his car. Anna and Roby continued on their way. Who is that? Asked Beth as Derek jumped back into the car. Police. My store was robbed a while ago and he had the case. Oh, wow, exclaimed Beth. Was that scary? Derek nodded. Terrifying. Anna and Roby walked down the street to their restaurant and walked inside. What was that? Asked Anna. That's the assistant manager at the Hastings Liquor that was hit. Anna took in the info. Kind of odd. A kid working retail is here eating and driving a Beamer? Yup. Roby nodded his head. I'd say so. At around 9.30 p.m., Derek and Beth found themselves parked in front of her house. He jumped outside of the car and ran around to the passenger side and opened it up. Such a gentleman, said Beth, as she took his hand and he pulled her out of the car. Derek closed the door with his free hand and she pulled him in close and kissed him. She softly massaged his lips with hers. Slowly and softly, softly and slowly. She smiled and gently let go of Derek's hand. Night. Good night, Derek replied. He climbed into the car and took a deep breath. He felt like he was suffocating. She had his heart racing. Or was it Roby? Roby was curious. Fuck, what have I done? Thought Derek. He guessed that Roby knew, or at the very least, had suspicions. Moments later, he received an email to his phone. It was from his mother. It read, Hi Derek, I just thought I would send you an email that I got about meth. That is pretty scary stuff. So I thought you might want to share it with some of your friends. The drugs that are out there now that you aren't even aware that people can slip in your drink, etc. and get you hooked are really scary. Please be careful when you're out at parties and bars, etc. I know you're a big boy, but things can happen, even to guys, not just girls. Love you, Mom. Oh, Mom, if only you knew what I was into. Derek arrived home to find Hecky sitting in the living room, watching television and drinking a pint. He walked over to the fridge and grabbed a beer for himself. How was the date? Asked Hecky. It was pretty good. The car and the restaurant were a hit, Derek replied. That's good. Derek sat down at the end of the couch and took a sip of his beer. He stared blankly for a moment. Hecky picked up on this. What's wrong? I ran into that cop tonight. The one that I said was weird. Did he see you with the car coming out of you? Yeah, Derek nodded, and it bugs me. What'd you say to him? Hecky was curious. I told him I rented the car to impress my date. Did he buy that? Hecky followed up. Not sure, dude. I'm not him. I don't know how strong his intuition is. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Hecky cursed. Dude, he's a cop. Let's be real, Hecky. What are they going to do? Bug our house based on a hunch? Maybe. I don't know how police work works. Do you? You know that I don't. But I would assume they need warrants, evidence, probable cause. You know, police shit. Hecky shook his head in disgust. I knew we should have kept that money stashed away. But no, we had to go flashing it all over fucking town. Arlov's door opened. What's going on? He asked, groggily. Messi came running down the stairs. He was pissed. Would you two shut the hell up? I'm trying to sleep. Hecky pointed at Derek. Tell them what you told me. Derek took a deep breath. A cop saw me coming out of you, driving the Beamer. So what? Asked Messi. It's the cop investigating the robbery. Oh, fuck, said Arlov. Oh, man, we're fucked, said Messi. Boys, yelled Derek. We aren't fucked. All he knows is that I rented a nice car for a date and took her to a nice restaurant. That's it. Sarge, you make 28 Gs a year. How the fuck are you going to explain that? Asked Hecky. 
Tips? Derek answered as he shrugged his shoulder. I get tips at work also. Oh, my mistake. 30 G's. Maybe I've got some money saved. I don't live lavishly. That's how. What proof does this guy have of anything? Derek nodded his head. Messi spoke up. Sarge, you said this guy drove you home and then grilled you. Did he have suspicions then? Will he have more now after this? Derek thought about the question for a second. Look, guys, all we have to do is tighten up the spending. No one spends a dime of that money. If they plan to watch us, they're going to do it soon. If we do nothing, nothing happens. The next morning, Derek woke up dressed for work and headed out. He walked out to the street and from the corner of his eye, he spotted a blue van that he didn't recognize. It had tinted windows and it appeared like someone was inside. Was it Roby? Derek wondered. He ignored the van and tried to appear aloof. He didn't want them to know that he'd made them, if it was in fact them. He climbed the hill and walked towards his bus stop. Once he was out of sight, he called Hecky. Eyes on the house, shouted Derek as he quickly hung up. The 123 bus pulled up to the stop. Derek boarded and rode to work. He knew that he had Roby's attention. This was bad. After work, Derek rode the bus home and arrived shortly after 5 p.m. The van from the morning was gone. He walked inside and found the boys sitting on the couch waiting. What's up, fellas? asked Derek. Hecky gestured for Derek to be quiet and held up a whiteboard that read, go outside for a smoke. Not much, said Messi. I need a smoke, said Derek. Tough day. Arlov opened the back door. Derek walked outside. He left the door open for the rest of the boys. They exited and sat down in their usual spots in the backyard. What the fuck? asked Derek. I don't want to talk in the house in case it's bugged, replied Hecky. How'd they bug the house? Did you leave it all today? Derek followed up. No, replied Hecky. I'm just paranoid, but still. These guys got followed to work too. Messi and Arlov nodded. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, again, simple solution. We don't spend the money. Just live poor, just like we were. Derek looked around and surveyed the rest of the boys as he continued to speak. How long can these guys sit on all of us? Like a week? Maybe two weeks? We can't leave the house empty, Messi said suggestively. No, definitely, said Hecky. We should always have someone home. Okay, said Derek. I'll do more evenings so that I can stay here during the day. Hecky shook his head. No need. I won't be working for at least a few more weeks. Hopefully they're on to something bigger by then. Okay, replied Derek. I don't get it, said Messi. Why have so many people on us? Maybe they think we're into something heavier? Either way, let's just put some doubt in their minds. Chapter 16, November 2008. Over the next four weeks, every cent Derek spent came from his wages at the liquor store. It was a tough stretch. He needed cash to go home for Christmas. All he had left after paying his bills was his ill-gotten money. Every day, the cops tried new, shifty tactics to spy on the boys. They would change up the cars, change up the times, even move around the places that they would stay. The boys played aloof. They never gave the cars a second look. They just went about their lives like normal, young, immature men trying to get by in this world. By mid-November, Derek would walk out of the house and the heat on the corner was gone. Either the police were up in their game or they'd stop looking at the boys. As the days went on, the boys continued to be cautious. After a week of no one looking at them, they felt that they could slowly go back to spending their money, little by little, a thousand bucks a month at a time. 
December 5th, 2008. Derek arrived home around 8 p.m. He had been shopping all day for Christmas gifts. He walked into the living room to find Hecky and Messi sipping drinks and watching a hockey game. Messi asked, you want a beer? I'm good, said Derek as he poured some makers. What's up? Messi slid over on the couch as Derek sat down and set his drink on the nearby coffee table. Not much, said Messi. What do you mean not much? Fucking lots going on, said Hecky. Derek grew concerned. What's up? Messi's fucking broke, yelled Hecky. God damn, no way, said Derek in disbelief. How can that be? I spent my cash, said Messi, partying and gambling. Jesus Christ, said Derek in shock, wondering how someone could blow through that kind of money that quick. I don't even have money to get home for Christmas, said Messi. That's fine, dude. I'll cover your ticket. Don't worry about that. Derek tried to brighten Messi's day. I thought you were saving cash to make your short film. Messi sighed. Yeah, I thought I was going to get on set. So I figured, you know, I'd get the money that way to make it. But with the economy, no one knew he was getting on set. Hecky nodded his head. It's true. I can't even get a sniff of a set and I'm in the fucking union. You make bombs on set, replied Derek. Still, man, I can do other things on set. Yeah, true. We have no hope in hell in getting on set, Derek said in agreement. How much did you blow? 22000 replied Messi. Tell him the best part, Hecky cut in. I did it two weeks ago, Messi confessed. Jesus, exclaimed Derek. When the cops were watching us? Yeah, Messi said as he started to tear up. I'm really sorry, dude. You know me. I can't walk away down. He still owes, said Hecky. Fuck. How much? The thought of his debt made Derek cringe. 1400 Messi began to fight back tears. We'll help you. Derek stood up and walked over to Messi, giving him a hug. It hurt Derek to see his friend in pain. The boys agreed to give Messi 500 apiece to repay his debt. The following evening, the boys had a few people over to the house for a party. Hecky made sure Derek invited Beth and her friends over. Beth and Derek had gone on a total of four dates, and things were going very well. He liked her. She was funny and intelligent. She really liked Derek, and that was troubling, because Derek didn't really much like himself. Messi invited the usual suspects to the party, Mark and his girlfriend, as well as Killian. Hecky invited some friends from his work, too. The drinking began in the mid-afternoon, and people were hitting the bottle pretty hard. With all the heat that had been on them, it had been a few weeks since the boys had cut loose. The environment of the party was a ticking time bomb. It was just a matter of time before minds started to wander from alcohol to drugs. Hecky sat on the living room couch sipping on bourbon. His legs were shaking. He hadn't done blow in nearly a month and he wanted it bad. Derek didn't want Beth to see him like that. He knew that if he was going to do it, he had to be careful. There was still quite a bit of cocaine left from their bulk buy. Supply was sure to meet demand. Hecky walked through the house, passed Derek, and ran up the stairs to his room. It was time. Derek walked up the stairs and knocked on the door. Hecky let him in and shut the door behind him. Messi was already sitting on the bed. He'd brought his blow with him. We'll just do it all here, boys, said Hecky. I'll keep my door locked. Sounds good, Derek replied. I want to keep it from Beth. How's that going? Messi asked. It's good, man. She's cool. She's funny. Really funny. That's good, man, Messi said as he struggled to put a smile on his face. I'm happy for you. You deserve it after that last one. Thanks, Messi. 
The three amigos began banging out lines of sniff. A bump or two, they'd run back to the party, then back up to Hecky's bump, rinse and repeat. Beth began asking where Derek was going, to which he answered that his stomach was bugging him. It wasn't an attractive answer, but he knew it would squash any further questions. Another sniff, back to the party, back up to Hecky's, another sniff. The party was on until Derek walked out of Hecky's room with the boys and there stood Beth, holding Derek's bag of Coke, the one that was hidden in his closet. Not hard to find if you snooped a little. Hecky and Messi slinked past Derek down the stairs to avoid being privy to the awkward conversation that he was about to have. Do you want to explain why you have a giant bag of cocaine? Look, Derek thought about his answer. It's not mine. Fuck Derek, I'm not an idiot. Party was over. Derek swallowed his pride and went into damage control. Fuck, he thought. Fuck. Jesus Christ, Derek, why do you have it? Are you a fucking drug dealer? Like, is that why you have money? A Coke dealer? No, I don't deal, Derek replied. So what is it then? Personal stuff? Yeah, I mean, I guess so, Derek nodded, knowing that his answer would certainly end things. Why would one person need this much cocaine? I don't know, answered Derek. Derek, I told you, I can't be around this kind of thing. I'm this hurt and we've only been dating for a few weeks. I can't even imagine if we had been together for a long time. I'm really sorry, Beth. Yeah, Derek, so am I. I see way too many red flags with you. I can't have someone like you in my life. Beth set the bag of cocaine in Derek's hands and walked away. Derek's face went red. Messi and Hecky watched from the bottom of the stairs as Derek walked over to his room and sat on his bed. He dumped some of the cocaine on his side table and took a sniff. Hecky and Messi came running in. Messi grabbed Derek and pulled him back on the bed. Let me go. I want it. Calm down, yelled Hecky. Messi held on tight as Derek tried to worm out of his hold, but Messi was much stronger than him. After a few moments of fighting, Derek gave up, exhausted. Messi finally let him go. What's wrong with me? Thought Derek. Are you okay? Asked Hecky. Oh, Jesus, yelled Derek. I ruin everything, man. This one's on me, Sarge, said Hecky. I'm really sorry. I brought that into this house. I forced it on you. You didn't force shit, dude. I'm a big boy. I knew what I was doing. That sucks, dude, said Messi. I know you really liked her. Story of our lives, eh, boys? Derek said as he started to calm down. We fucked shit up. The boys sat in silence for a few moments. Hecky sat down on the floor against the wall, across from Derek and Messi, who were sitting on the bed. A moment later, Messi crawled over to the side table and bumped the line. He sat back on the bed and broke the silence. Do you ever think about the carnage that is behind the lines that we do? What? asked Hecky. I mean, Messi thought for a second about what he wanted to say. Every line that we rifle up our nose had a path to get to us. Do you ever think about it? Do you mean like what they cut it with? Like Drano? asked Hecky. No, man. I mean like... What's the time frame of that drug's existence? Who grew it? Who packaged it? Who smuggled it here? That kind of shit. Messi, I think you think too much, said Derek. Oh, the rabbit hole I go down with this one. It's way beyond that. Way beyond that, dude. I wonder, like, who killed for it? Who used the money from it to buy a gun or to have somebody kidnapped or worse? Who sent it somewhere to fund a war? Derek cut in. Hecky shook his head and grinned. I don't think about that kind of stuff, dude. Derek interrupted. Messi, you might be a voluntarist yet. I think we need to think about that the next time we bump, said Messi. Derek took a deep breath and shook his head. 
I don't know, messy. I think about war and shit plenty. If I start thinking about it all the time when I'm doing this shit, I'm going to get real depressed real fast. I'm just saying it wouldn't hurt us to be more conscious of what we're doing and where it comes from. Fuck messy. I just got dumped. I don't need to be dumped on. Derek crawled over and bumped another line. Hecky cut in and stood up for Derek. Yeah, serious mess. Leave him be. Derek turned to Messi. Look, I get it. You think I'm putting up blinders and maybe I am. But I know what you're referring to. I know all about Juarez and shit like that. Messi cut in. I think about that shit a lot. Do you think about the kind of thing when you wear a shirt that was made by, you know, a kid in a sweatshop in Taipei? Asked Hecky. Not really, replied Messi. Look, said Derek, taking control of the conversation. Juarez, cartels, drug running, all that shit's just part of like a North American problem. Throwing the justice system, you know, the lack of freedom and the war on drugs, all that shit is why I'm a voluntarist. Now we're on a thing. Is our justice system so bad? Asked Hecky. Not if you're a criminal. We got the hug a thug Canadian way. Derek paused and wiped his face. Well, Messi, you tell me. You're a brown kid. Do you feel safe around cops? Oh, hell no. So... You'd feel safe in a police state? Asked Derek. Fuck no. Look, man, I'm plenty aware. Maybe too aware, said Derek. I think people who play the game by the rules don't want to believe that the game's rigged. They follow the progression the way that they're supposed to. Go to school, regurgitate answers, get a shit job, pay for a shit house, buy a shit car. Pick right or left, parrot out those opinions. That's it. That's what we're taught to do. And no one who does all that wants to believe that it's all a lie. But it is. And I know that. And I don't want that life. Doesn't pay to be moral or good, said Messi. Derek continued to rant. Two things happen to good people in this world. One is that the good goes and the bad comes. Or the rest of the world's bad squashes what little goodness that person had. Jesus Christ. This is bleak, said Hacky, taking another bump. Fuck, look at us. Derek kept going. We bust our ass to be broke all the time right? We break the law once and now we're getting by just fine. There's a reason good people do bad things. That's it for episode five of Second Story Work, the novel. I hope you enjoyed chapters 14 through 16 and I look forward to bringing you more next week. If you're interested in my work, I do host a podcast called Second Story with my good buddy Corey Leckie. That's available on YouTube, Apple, Google, Stitcher, all the major podcast platforms. I'm also on social media. You can find me on Twitter at author Jay Sabalski. On Instagram and Facebook, just author Josh Sabalski. Again, thanks so much for listening. Have a good week. Take care.